You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of News Talk 770. Welcome back to The Strong Room. In the first segment, to help underscore the importance of proper estate planning, our guest experts looked at the case study of Prince, who unfortunately passed away without an estate plan. And now there's utter chaos in the bitter fight over who will inherit his millions. To continue the discussion, here again are Sherry McMillan and Norman Ewing with McMillan Estate Planning, along with Peter Watts of News Talk 770. Prince is a high-profile uh, example of what can happen without the legal framework in place to deal with the estate. Um, here in Alberta, um, uh, the rules may be a little different, but the principle, it seems to me, that is at work here is still the same. It absolutely is, Peter. You know, over the last 20 years as I've practiced, what I've come to realize as an estate planner is that we all have gifts and traditionally if we're highly successful we focus on those gifts and so we see many many people that have you know an exorbitant amount of success in their own right um, you know design their particular field quite well so Prince is an example in the music industry but we have others um, locally in even Calgary and you know manufacturing oil and gas and people that are worth so much wealth that you would suspect or believe that they would have everything in order. But the fact is, because estate planning is associated with the word drudgery, people put it off, and they don't want to think about their own demise. And so regardless of how wealthy a family may be, it's one of the topics that they avoid at all costs. And unfortunately, in Prince's case, at all costs could mean we're going to lose 50% of such a valuable estate. But that being said, I will tell you that over the last 20 years, we've had multiple families walk through our door that have more than a $300 million estate and don't even have a will in place, never mind a tax plan or a trust plan. And so generally, Norman and I won't let them leave the office until we craft a bridge document for them. But this is so normal is what I want to point out. And because people of this affluence, it's assumed they have things in order. There's this embarrassment that happens for them when they come into our office and say, you know, I've never done uh, my will, or I did it 38 years ago. I just want to tell you that it's the reason is, is because it's something that we all avoid, and it's normal, and we're always focusing on what our gift is. So Prince focused on music, and thank goodness for the world, but he should have hired a team like Macmillan, perhaps in the United States, to solve these issues so that it was clearly laid out that his legacy is laid out in a particular way that he felt strongly about, and we know that Prince was very philanthropic, so I'm certain that he wouldn't have chosen to give 50% of his estate to the government. Rather, he would have wanted to give it to some of these charities he was supporting and possibly his family. But sadly, he won't ever get that say because we needed to do it in advance. The other reason we need to do it in advance is because of tax planning. And tax planning is the one area that we cannot do retroactively. So like Norman may mention, if you don't have a will, the courts will take over and decide what happens to your state. But what they will not do is do a tax plan for you. And a tax plan can only be done proactively. I would throw in another artist uh, as an example of this. It will be 40 years this year since we lost Elvis Presley. 
and there are still residuals in the form of revenue that are coming into his estate. I have no idea if he had a plan as to how that should be handled or a trust or a foundation or anything like that. But but there's still money coming in and there will be for Prince in the same way for years to come. So, you know, they're two unique examples. Again, bringing it a little closer to home, uh, people that own farms or ranches, own land, people that have businesses where, you know, the business will continue to operate. Revenue and, and uh, costs will still be a factor on uh, on a balance sheet. Uh, you, you simply cannot afford not to have a plan in place as to how all of this is to be handled going forward. Well, and I think it's important with that plan to look uh, long-term in that, uh, because as Sherry mentioned, people often get uh, busy in, in the day-to-day and and uh, following uh, their area of brilliance. But uh, that's the advantage of, of pulling in a team to help you with that is uh, because uh, we're not only going to look at the present, but uh, we're also going to look at the future if there's uh, succession planning uh, that's needed and, and, and tax issues involving that uh, and transferring the business to the next generation or, or keeping that family farm going uh, Often on the tax side of, uh, of things, people look at the deferral of taxes. And, you know, it's certainly a good strategy uh, in, in the present uh, to uh, um, basically uh, reduce the taxes today and, and, and push them off to another day um, when perhaps things can be count- compounded and, and, and grown until then. Um, but what people don't always look at is uh, in the event that uh, they pass away, uh, there could be a huge tax burden uh, left for, uh, for their estate without uh, careful planning. And, and that's why we want to look uh, look to the future as well, not not only the present, but look to those future taxes that, that may be stacking up and coming up with a plan for that. And the issues are compounded that much more by people who live in multiple jurisdictions, who have property or assets in multiple jurisdictions, uh, either within Canada or outside the borders. There are more and more of these folks around today. We're a very mobile uh, population. It's a very small world in some ways. Uh, and and so there needs to be a plan in place to make sure that everything that is considered part of your estate is planned for so that you don't compromise it or lose it in the event of a sudden change. Well, generally speaking, we think that the tax plan should drive the legal plan, not the other way around. In in traditional estate planning, we always see the lawyers driving the planning, so they'll craft a will, for example. But the problem with that is if you have many jurisdictions involved in your estate and a lot of asset base, what can actually happen is the tax is going to drive the plan. So we may do tax minimization strategies and we may use different legal planning than will to create those effects. But if we just take the blanket approach of dealing with an estate from a legal point of view, we miss so many opportunities. And we are a complex world today. For example, if you have children that are living in the USA today, well, we want to plan your estate differently when you transfer wealth to your children and grandchildren that live in America than we would if you had a Canadian family. So a Canadian family could transfer its estate through a will and not be jeopardized. But in the United States, if we use the same traditional will format, we're going to lose value when we transfer to children and grandchildren. So what we often do, Norman is exceptional at this, is we look at the tax work first. So we're always saying, how can we save the family tax each calendar year, and how can we minimize the tax in the estate? And thankfully, we have many different ways that we can do so. But we also have to understand that there are lots of intrinsic, um, we call them 
you know, strings attached. So if you have U.S. assets or U.S. family members, that's a string. If you have uh, U.K. or E.U. property, if you have dual citizenships, there's all kinds of things that may impact you from a tax point of view. So generally speaking, we look at your life plan as how can we get you the best revenue from the estate you've crafted today, and how do we keep the taxation at bay through the duration of your lifespan in that transfer to your family. And we can't forget that all families have these complexities nowadays. Well, and it's about the details and asking the right questions, Sherry. Uh, You know, as Canadians, we see a lot of uh, U.S. uh, issues because of the proximity and, uh, you know, the fact that a lot of Canadians uh, like to have real estate down there or businesses or or may have children that have gone to school and then uh, taken up residence down there. And so, you know, traditionally, uh, often people would look at uh, how to structure this sort of thing and say, you know, what assets do I want to go to who and, and how do we get it there? Uh, and, and we've got to ask uh, beyond that. We've got to push it beyond that because we've got to say, what are the tax consequences of this? Uh, you know, we don't necessarily want to structure something that's going to uh, trigger a lot of taxes uh, if there's perhaps a different or a better way to do it. Uh, and that's the integrated, uh, integration between the, the, the tax and the legal planning. Uh, so we really look at those comprehensive, uh, you know, issues uh, of the estate uh, and ask the questions and get down to those details uh, to make sure that uh, the proper uh, details are driving things. Although the tax rates have gone up across Canada this past couple of years, if we've planned appropriately and proactively, and that's the trick of the trade, is if we're proactively planning, we can minimize and mitigate a lot of that tax that would have otherwise been paid. And so instead of it being drudgery, what we've found is because we look at it as a life plan, not about just passing, but how can we help you every calendar year keep the wealth you've created and keep it under many formats. And specifically when we're talking about estate planning, we're talking about the legalities and the tax planning. And I think it's often overlooked that good estate planning is about creating wealth through your life and then preserving it at the end. So you need both parts, don't you, Norman? Absolutely. And and it goes beyond just, uh, you know, building out that life plan and, and having, uh, you know, the advantages to uh, using your assets in a better fashion, but it even flows it through to having a peace of mind. Uh, you know, you may be working through some of these ideas, you may not have uh, full certainty as, as to where you're going to go on that. And so it may hold you back. Um, but, uh, you know, if you push through, if, if you get those plans made, uh, it allows you to sleep at night. Uh, you've got that uh, satisfaction that uh, things are in place, you've reviewed them, um, you've got things working in the best direction for you, uh, and it's a worry you can take off your plate. And I think the important factors around it is your normal, if you have not planned to date. Um, we often want our families to start planning in their estate as soon as they create one, so more like the 30s, 40s, and 50s, but commonly a lot of the clients that we meet are in their 50s, 60s, and 70s. And the reason that estate planning has come to mind for them is they've unfortunately lost somebody they love or have lost a friend. So what we suggest is really do give this area contemplation because you can't do something after the fact. And for that reason, the benefits of planning now will be explained further at the next Macmillan Estate Planning Life and Legacy Seminar Thursday evening, February 23rd. Other key topics include minimizing tax, protecting wealth, and preserving harmony in family relationships. You can register online at mcmillanestate.com or call during business hours, 403-266-6464. This is The Strong Room.